don't know what. What? What? Are you taking what? us in? Yes, obviously. <laughs> All right. Let's All play. right. So, I welcome back. You won't know this that but, that we're recording this early, but we are. So it feels like we just did this. I know, but we love this we show. Do. We do. We, 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 we. I don't know. We're not going to do it twice a week. It's not happening. No. Uh, but this is me, my parents, and Liam Neeson podcast where we watch through all the movies of Liam Neeson and take a look at how much trouble he's in. Uh, my name's Dan. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. And this week we watched Third Person. Uh, Third Person was a film originally 2013 debuted at the Toronto Independent Film Festival and got a limited uh, North American theatrical release. It was not a major motion picture. Uh, it has a ton of people who are big names in it. It does. It does. I I recognized five out of the eight off the front cover, and you guys... Me, not so many. Well, you, you, had, you had one extra in here that I didn't know. Uh, you knew Kim Bassinger, right? Yeah. Well, that's because I'm old, honey. That's because you're old. But She's been around for a while. Uh, Mila Kunis hey, is in here. She was a Bond girl. Adrian Brody, Olivia Wilde, and James Franco are all in this movie. Yeah. For varying degrees of in this movie, because some of them sure. show up more than others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, as you may recall, we've already watched Love Actually, a show where there's a lot of famous people in it, and they all have inter- interconnecting love stories. This is a movie with a lot of famous people in it, and a lot of interconnecting tragedies. Well, I think there are also love stories, and I think it depends on... You know, where, I mean, it's not like, oh, we're going to find love and we're going to live happily ever after. Love Actually also didn't have that because there was some things that didn't go well in that one. Right, but it was still seeking love and this wasn't a seeking love movie. It's not a seeking love movie, it's a seeking closure movie. But you don't know that. We don't. No. Alright, so before we get into things, we need to make sure we're doing things in proper order. Other movies that came out in 2014 that are worth talking about. No, oh, it's just, this movie didn't have a chance. <laughs> well, Now that it's Frozen, Frozen, for goodness sake. and 12 Years a Slave both came out, both of which were landmarks for different reasons, mm-hmm. whether you wanted to let the slaves go or just let it go in general. Exactly, and that's the end. We're not going to sing that song. No, we're not. No. That was Mom a traumatic no. time in my life. <laughs> I worked at Toys R Us after this movie came out. I had to hear that song on loop. I... <laughs> uh, you sold a lot of those snowman dolls. Oh, it wasn't the snowman dolls. It was the posable, like, 10-inch Barbie, Barbie-esque <laughs> dolls. In... With big heads. We never sold any of the Frozen branded mini guitars. <laughs> of course they had Frozen. Of course they did. They had Frozen branded everything. Yes, it was so dumb. It was terrible. Okay, okay. sorry, okay. we digress. Okay. Digress. So, uh, oh, Movie also directed by Paul Haggis, who has directed other big names. He directed The Good Version of Crash. Uh, that is another one, if I'm recalling correctly, where a lot of famous people are in it, and they all have an interconnecting story. Mm-hmm. Wow. I believe that was that He's one. He's good at that. There was a bad version of Crash that has Jason Statham in it. Don't watch it, kids. Okay. <laughs> but There was a sequel to that one. I've seen that one, too. Don't watch it, kids. Okay. <laughs> I our zero to Neeson is pretty quick on this one. This is at zero. This is at zero. The movie opens on Liam Neeson, whose character is from the back. From so the back. From the back. Sure, I mean, yes. it's, it's him. No, no, it's, it's mm-hmm. him. Michael Leary, if I'm recalling correctly, his character's name is a writer well, and doing some writing. He's definitely doing some writing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, or at least thinking about his writing. He's not actually in the process. He of... seems to be stuck. He's stuck somewhere. He's he's got a writer's block. 
He's been referred to as a Pulitzer Prize-winning writer. He does eventually, yes. And we, we find out that he's had, you know, a, a successful book and other subsequent books, but, the, you know, yeah. he's kind of stuck. His journal well, talks about himself in the third yeah. person. We get, but at this very first mm. scene, it's very important to mention, he's sitting in a dark room, I think he's smoking at the time, he's... There are pills, there's, pills. there's liquid of he, some sort yeah. in a... In old-fashioned glass. Yeah. You know, very much going the, you know, troubled writer trope. Mm-hmm. And then the voice of a child, a little too loud and too close to the microphone so that you make sure you hear it, mm-hmm. says, watch me. And he turns around, and we don't see who said it. It kind of creeps us out. And there, then there's we, no, we the yeah, yeah, there's no yeah. person on camera. And who then the movie it. continues. Mm-hmm. And we are going to come back to this later. Right. The movie continues, and we start following around three different... Well, it's not three different people. It's three different stories in three different cities. Yeah, three very, di- very different stories, very different cities, circumstances, yeah. but they are... So, uh, in Paris, it's Liam Neeson and Olivia Wilde. He is a Pulitzer Prize-winning author. She is... She writes for a women's magazine, but is trying to break into the big time and is also his mistress. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, you may recall a couple weeks ago, I didn't look forward to the next Liam Neeson sex scene to show it to my parents. Okay, fast forward. And um, Past it. Sorry, sorry, kids. In Rome, Adrian Brody and an actress I don't know, one of the, one of the ones on the front cover that I did not know the name of, uh, apologies, mm-hmm. uh, he is a corporate espionage guy what steals Italian suit designs and sells them to sweatshops. So he's a sleaze, and he bumps into a Romani woman, I believe, because they, they do mention Romania, mm-hmm. uh, who we are certain is grifting him. It seems very, very clear that yeah. she is just so taking him for a ride. So he's a sleaze, and she's a grifter. Yep. And so then, that's great. Uh, yep. In New York, Mila Kunis is struggling with life in general, and is trying to get visitation rights for a child. A, After some, you know, a terrible accident at home involving a dry cleaner bag. Yes, that she said that she was trying to save his life. And no one believes her, and she's late for appointments because she has a prepaid cell phone. Lovely, antiquated technology of 2014. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of flip phones. Yeah. She was married to James Franco, who now has cut full custody, and the kid does not give crap about him. The kid does a really good job of not wanting to have any affectionate yeah. reactions to the father figure. And until, spoilers, the end of the movie, I was convinced this kid was never going to have affectionate reactions, and in fact, was a child they picked up on the street and told him to please go away from this movie, and then started filming. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> This movie was hard to get into. Oh. Because it, it, it felt so it disjointed. It took probably until the middle of the movie. But and, it was pretty easy to start disliking characters. Oh, these characters that are was immediate. awful. Well, and and then the other weird thing is... Not poorly written. No. Awful people. <laughs> yes, the, the characters... And we believed that they were terrible people. Oh. The best... The most likable character was the uh, woman that Adrian Brody is helping. And eventually she stops being likable. Yeah, but we believed her you know, for a long time. And, and I don't know that they were all unlikable so much as they were all in trouble of despicable. some sort. Oh, they were, no, they were despicable well, people. Well, yeah. some of the like the earlier 
uh, scene where she was um, the woman who turned out to be the attorney for for the woman Mila who was Kunis. from Ramila yeah. Kunis who was trying to get her kid back when she was standing there at the pool and hesitating and not jumping in the pool right. and turning around and walking away. Mm-hmm. She was disturbed and feeling bad, but you didn't know whether you really liked her or not. Well, yeah, you but then eventually I mean? we started seeing her character and seeing that she was... She seems pretty bitter. She, she was pretty bitter. She's pretty lawyery. Yeah. Like, trying to do the right thing, but eventually all the good... You know, eventually the good Eventually says, out. screw you to her yeah. client. So we've sorts. got these three scenes playing together, and there's, they've got some fairly good cinematography work. I don't... We don't usually talk about cinematography here because we're looking at characters, but in... But this like, is critical in this movie. Th- this is very important because not only is are there three separate scenes, but they will transition between them in very similar ways. Mm-hmm. One person gets... drives down a street, and then the very next scene, it's a jump cut to a different person driving a different car in a different street, but in the same direction as if we just moved the camera slightly. Or move, or walking down a hallway, we mm-hmm. see the person from the back, and then the camera switches to the front, and it's a different, it's a different person, person walking down a hallway. So at this point, you're thinking, okay, this is pretty clever camera work. We're connecting the three scenes this way. Mm-hmm. But there's no actual connection between the three scenes. They were just watching three movies at the same time. And so the exactly. pace feels quick. They don't, give, they don't give the characters enough time to be characters. Well, it, ma- it makes me, as an audience member, feel really disjointed. I feel anxious. I feel a little edgy about what's going yeah. on. Yeah. And then a thing happens. A thing? A thing. And it it didn't make me care about the characters. It made me care about the movie. Which is not quite right, what you want out of your movie. Oh, what's this thing? So, Mila Kunis takes a phone call at work where she works as a maid at a hotel. And... She's not supposed to be on her phone at work, and she's running out of minutes, and she needs to take down an address, which is very important for getting her visitation rights. And so she grabs the last sheet of paper out of the notepad on the desk in the hotel and writes the address on it. In a guest's room. In a guest room, Mm -hmm. and writes the address on it. Then the guest starts coming in, she hangs up her phone, she tips over his ashtray, Mm. which now that I'm remembering it's an ashtray, it matters. We never see the guest. We see his legs because we only see him from the perspective of her hand vacuuming up the cigarette. Mm -hmm. Not looking at him, keeping her head down, and walking out. No eye contact. No eye contact. And then we see that the note is left there on the desk. She She has forgotten this important piece of paper. And we're thinking, okay, her character is just screwed up again, and this is going to be so bad. We then cut to uh, Liam Neeson and Olivia Wilde in Paris. And Liam Neeson's uh, wife calls. I believe he told us that they were actually separated now, mm-hmm. or in the process of it. Whatever. It's a, it's a thing. And he needs to write her new phone number down because she knocked her phone into... A pan of water. Into a pan of water. She threw it into the pan of water because she was angry about something. Yeah. At oh. the, in the first... Yeah. In the introductory yeah. scene of that character. Yeah. Okay. So she has a new phone and she has a new number and, haha, why don't you have your old number? Nah. And he reaches for the pad of note paper, and it's empty. And it looks like the same one from the other hotel. And then he grabs the last sheet that was sitting on the desk, which has the same note written on it that Mila Kunis wrote, flips it over and writes her phone number on it. Which kind of freaked us out. Which, at that point, I was suddenly invested because something was... There was something that was not explained. Everything had been explained so far. 
It was weird. Everything was disjointed. Disjointed, but each scene connected to itself. Mm-hmm. Now two scenes for no reason were connected to each other. Right, right. And at this point I was looking for more connections. Mm-hmm. And found none. Well, I think... Because it went back to being separate stories. There was... there were, They started mm-hmm. having characters talking between, like, the lawyer is the former wife of Adrian Brody. But we, we didn't find that, that out we, for we quite get, a we, while. We get, that, we get that later. But connections start happening. Not to the point of quantum entanglement of two hotel rooms. Right. But we started then, I think, noticing more and more of those S- j- the cinematography s- shots where yeah. it would switch us between locations. Mm-hmm. And, between... and then it would switch us from one location to the next to the next. And there would be like three quick transitional shots in a row or four in a row Mm -hmm. and you've somehow linked all of these things together cinematography wise right but But not storyline wise but not storyline wise right the next connection we're back to hotel rooms again the next major one is olivia wilde gets given all of the roses well that's after she slept with her father oh yeah spoilers that happened (laughs) creepy yeah we'll just gloss over that because that's weird (laughs) Mom says no. Mom says no. I uh, there's a lot of emotions and nudity that yeah yeah there's mm, some full frontal yeah whatever. Olivia Wilde's nice to look at. Moving on. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I uh, so Liam Neeson delivers her every white rose he can find in the city of Paris. True. And there's a lot. She goes and bees mad at him, and then they bees having the sex, and then she bees. Whatever. Moving to his hotel room, and we need to get these flowers moved. Then we go back to New York. Mila Kunis goes to check on a hotel room, and there may have been, and and the guest that passes her in the hall says bonjour. And she's looking for her note. She wasn't she looking. For, she, she, wasn't looking she did, for did it. look for. Oh she's no, not that's right. She wasn't looking for it. No. So the guest that passes says bonjour. I'm positive. Mm-hmm. It was in passing and quiet. And I think she was wearing the weird outfit that she had been wearing after she slept with her daddy. Yeah. But that's so just me. you know we're slightly distracted by that. But then she opens the door to this hotel room, which had a different number than Olivia Wilde's hotel yeah, you room. Just confu- sure. You just confused characters there. No, yes. no you one. was talking about Maya Kunis, and you were talking about the woman who slept yeah. with their father. That's, That's two different people. Yes, right. But possibly at the same time. At the same time. Yeah, they were both sleeping with their father no. at the same time. Okay, that honey, we'll explain that later. All right, well, anyways, she goes <laughs> to this hotel room, and it's full of every rose in New York City. It's so now weird. this. Mila Kunis, who works as a housekeeping person in, in the hotel in, in New, New York, York City, in New York. And there's all the roses. That were in Paris. That were in Paris. And now we are extra suspicious of what's going on because, okay, what? And what to bring it all back? She's vacuuming. Olivia, with her. Olivia Wilde had the phone number note. She, for she stole the, for, it. For the wife. Stole it. Decided at this moment that she didn't need a call, crumpled it up, and missed the trash can. So the maid. Mila Kunis comes in, starts vacuuming around. Looks down at the trash can, sees the note, unfolds it, realizes it's the note that she was missing, and, and starts it, breaking everything. And then she got angry and started breaking everything. Yeah. Because she's already been told that she will never see her child again yeah. right. by that time. Yeah. So, okay, now things are really connected. Sort of. Kind of. Well, it's more connected than it was before for no reason. But we still can't figure it we out. We still can't figure it out. Again, it's taking too long to get make us care. Wait a minute. That the one thing I did write down 
is that this turned into a two-glass-of-wine movie when she was pretending that her left hand was Liam Neeson caressing her boob. I mean... Oh, that was creepy. I just thought I had to mention yeah, that for the podcast I mean, people. Okay, back to the show. Everyone wishes their left hand was Liam Neeson. <laughs> I don't think so. That'll be the tagline of this podcast from now on. <laughs> uh, That's good. And when you get to the end... When the movie's starting to wind down, you really expect stories to start having a high note. Mm-hmm. You expect things to start being resolved, and things do not start resolving yet. But that's because we're used to generic Hollywood. We are used to generic Hollywood, but mm-hmm. generic Hollywood works for a reason. Yeah, but, well, I'm going to save this for later, but I think this works. I Yeah, it worked eventually. It took too long to work. Well, too long for you because you're young. Us old people need things I, to take a long I've, time. We're I've, slow. I sat through plenty of artsy movies. Speak for yourself, <laughs> old woman. Ooh, okay. Doug's fighting words. Okay, enough of that. The things start shaping up really oddly. We, we've started to put together that in all three of their relationships, there is a child missing in some way. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, one... Do, do we find out how... The Romanian woman, we're not sure if her child was taken or not, or, or if she's not. just grifting. She's grifting. Uh, Mila Kunis's, uh child was taken from her after she allegedly tried to kill him. We don't know if that's Though true Though he didn't die. Though he didn't die, and spoilers, I think she did. Spoilers, I don't think that she did. I just, it's not resolved. I don't think that she tried. But anyway, okay. that's just my mom's point of view. And then the, Liam Neeson's child... That child drowned, did die. Drowned. Drowned in the swimming pool. And so did Adrian Brody's. Yeah. And so did Adrian Brody's. They both drowned. Mm-hmm. So now we've got four children all in danger of some kind. Mm-hmm. And none of them are saved. The chi- the missing child never appears. The right. sort of never. We we don't know. Yes, we don't know. We don't know. Wait, wait. <laughs> never appears, and the uh, child in someone else's custody never goes back to her. Really, right? She basically gives up on him and moves on with her life. Mm-hmm. And. Well, and then there's the two the two children that were lost yeah. in pool accidents. Yeah, which of course you're not getting. But this back. is then now becomes a gluing agent to these stories. Yeah. And before we can move on, we need to talk about Liam Neeson's main non-sex thing he's worried about right now, he's which is his book, his book, which is his book, because he's a Pulitzer Prize winner. Well, as, maybe as, we've, that, as we've been told, he we've been is. Told that. And also, but, the, but also, the last book he wrote, we've also been told that his books have been declining in quality. And weren't but, brave. I think is the word he used. They weren't brave and aggressive. Uh, they were. They. I would say they probably felt safe. But it. This brings me. See, we haven't gotten to places yet. Uh, and I'm. I'm going circular. And he talks about himself in the third person in his journal. They talk about how his character, how he's what he's writing is you. He's writing about someone who is using his characters. To, like, escape from his life. Mm-hmm. And I honestly didn't put it together until the end. Mm-hmm. Not until the very, very end did I put this together. And as... Who's who's the first one? Who's the first one to go away? The first person that fades? Yeah. It's the lady who jumps in the pool. The lady who jumps in mm-hmm. the pool. So the, from the, the very, from the very beginning, the lawyer who was hesitant to jump in the pool, who had just talked to Adrian Brody, former husband, mm-hmm. about 
what happened to their child. Right. She jumps in the pool. She smiles and jumps in the pool and she starts swimming. And then she fades away. Mm -hmm. There's still ripples in the pool and she's just not there. Right. While music plays. There's not much music in this movie. So and then, therefore, the music, music is Music really mattered. Mm -hmm. And then we go to James Franco, former... Are, are you sure we didn't see the couple in the not car? Yet. Okay. James Franco a second. Who is I uh, calling the uh, Mila Kunis to tell her you can have visitation. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't hear because she's moved out of her apartment. And then we do kind of that transition where there's something in the foreground that goes in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And then he's gone. Right, James and then there's the Adrian Brody in the car with the woman, and she looks into the back seat and smiles, but we never see anyone there. And they're driving down the road in a car, and the car fades away. There was a but little, just there was as a little they passed the by, the it looked like there was maybe, maybe a small maybe a little head. head. Nothing conclusive. But nothing nothing about any of these characters is really concluded. It's not, it's not, not shown to us no. in a really obvious way. And then, what? No, the, he talks to his wife on the he phone. He talks to his wife on the phone. About how he's in Rome. And he's been in Paris this whole time. And he's been in Paris this whole time. And, and she asks if the other woman is there. And we see that she says, yes. Is she there? And he says no, but we see that yes, she is because she's at a. She's across the way at a bookstore talking to a guy, and the wife asks, Has she read your journal? She read your journal? And he's like, blah, blah. And we see the bookstore guy hand her his journal. The wife asks, does she know you wrote about her and her father? And I don't even remember if he answers. But then Olivia Wilde starts reading the journal and freaking out and making doing some very good what-have-you-done faces. Mm -hmm. She's got a very good shocked and appalled face. She mm -hmm. walks away from him. And she walks away. And he starts following after her and starts seeing all of the characters he wrote. Only the all women. The female only, the, only the women. He starts seeing them. But, like, interchangeably. That he wrote? That he wrote. The Mila Kunis character, and then the... Okay, wrote. we need to find this, this actress's because name. We need to give her some credit. It was... Maria Bello, probably? Yes. Was, and the Maria it Bello It was character. just at that time we were realizing that these other characters had disappeared because he had wrote, written these characters. But he wrote a new script. And the, when he started the chasing the one... Book. He appeared to be chasing. They changed chasing, and oh, yeah, transitioned as they went around corners. But and he stuff. wrote a new. He had a new like synopsis. He had a new sample that he gave to his uh, publisher. His publisher, and he said it was good. So I'm thinking. So are all these characters in his head because he can't get rid of them, but they were disappearing because he wrote them out? Are they all just characters? Are they characters at all? Are they real people or are they characters? <laughs> I think all of them. It's all fiction. Uh, and then, you think it's all fiction? Now, I do. Now, for additional hold-ons, we didn't talk about the other times we hear the watch me. We didn't because mm -hmm. in about the middle, right when things are starting to get interesting, we hear James Frank. James Franco hears it, mm -hmm. and he turns around to look at his kid, and the kid looks like he didn't say a thing. Right. He's not asleep, but he, he's okay. making that face like, like "What are you what, looking what at me for?" Dan and, makes that face. Yeah, I'm good at it. I. Uh, <laughs> And then Liam Neeson's wife says it on the phone to him at the end, which is when everything really started to click for me. Mm -hmm. She says, watch me? She does. Why did she say, watch me? Well, it was... I think it was like saying, I think they were talking about like, you won't leave me or something. And then she said, watch me. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, things... Mm -hmm. right. I, I've, seen, I'm see, I've seen a video about things like this because movies like Inception... 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where the ending is not resolved. Yeah. Have to be done correctly or it feels weird and dumb. Well, I don't know. Weird and good, you can do. Inception was weird and good in a way where both options, it, it left you with two possible options of an ending, yeah. and both of them were interesting. Yeah. If you want your movie to end ambiguously, both options need to be good. So, one of the options I thought was that the only real, real no people were him and his wife. And, and, the, at, and their and, son and, and who died. At best. No, I think that, that that's they it. were the only yeah. humans then yeah. in the yeah. story for real. But yeah. I, I think I take the there's an aspect to movies and to theater yeah. that this brought me to an interesting emotional place. It did. That I think that I don't let myself go there very often. This is so therefore, it was entertaining. This is definitely not a movie you want to watch over and over. Right. This is not mm-hmm. a cult classic. We're going to pop in whenever we're bored and want to watch something. Correct. Internet lambasted this movie, and I think I know why, because trying to understand movies like this is not easy. Right. Yeah, I think it's... I think this was... It was a film festival movie, because that's where you bring the ones that really make you go, Oh. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. take to the theaters the movies that make you go, Ooh. And, the, and that'll make you go back and buy it again and again and pick up the DVD and the frozen scarf. Oh. <laughs> sorry. Oh. Sorry, I Oops. threw that one right in there. <laughs> Ten weeks of therapy. Uh. <laughs> anyway. What? Anyway, I, I personally enjoyed this way yeah. more than I, I thought I was See, I also to. think Olivia Wilde's character is real. I don't believe she's real. See? And both interpretations mm-hmm. are interesting and could be valid. Sure. Uh, another good one that I really don't have the time to make sure I have the proper context for is the ending of The Sopranos. Mm, I don't know that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know the show. That so show we're going to just not do that. Because well, we, we don't know. I think her character is not real because if you look at the cover art, her skirt is pieces of paper. Well, that's not on the cover of the Not on the cover DVD of the DVD, box. but on the, on the DVD. I think it was on the theater. Cover screen. I think that was what was on the theater, because I've seen that before. Which leads she's me there. to believe that she was created, because she was just made out of paper. Okay, also, could <laughs> Liam Neeson really get that kind of a, a woman? I mean... It's at, Liam Neeson. It, 2014, yes, he could. Wait a minute. He had Kim Basinger. Why would he need that? That's true. See, for us old people, she, Kim Basinger was a Bond girl. Yeah. See? Which, okay, hold on. Which Bond girl was she? Okay. I'm not going to tell you one here. I need um, my keystrokes. Okay, so here's the deal. Over there. Give me the phone. Wait, we've got to look at I'm the Liam Neeson peril scale. We I need to, to know which Bond girl she is. I have 100%. You can unplug it now. You have 100%? Battery. Peril scale? Oh, we're going to. Dan is having trouble. Trouble. Which trouble, Bond trouble. girl is Kim Basinger? Which Bond girl? Um, Can you say off the top of your head? No. It was the guy, uh, the Tears of Allah. It was um, that one. The guy with the nuclear weapons who was going to take over the never world. Never say never again. Never say never again. There you go. Domino Pitachi. Domino. Yes. <gasps> yeah, her brother was killed by the bad guy. The she bad wasn't dude. Batman. You guys were right. Yeah. Okay, we're old, but we're not wrong all the time. I, she was in L.A. Confidential, huh? She's been around a long time. Oh. See, she's Oh like, no, she was in the Fifty Shades of Grey sequel. She's well, like a hot old woman. She's probably she's somebody's like perfect, mom in that one. She's the perfect wife for Liam Neeson to have. But they were having some issues. Well, you know, when you have a death of a child is a big deal and 
And I'm saying he was he she was holding him responsible. You need to have some really really great therapy if you go through something like that. That's for real. Yeah. That's not just fiction in the movies. That's for real for everyday mm-hmm. life. We can't we can't go through that kind of personal tragedy without some significant guidance. Or we are going to fall apart. And we're just going to grab at straws and blame each other for stupid stuff every day. Yep. Anyway, back to the movie. Okay, so with the understanding that this entire movie is Liam Neeson's character coping, is he right. not in peril? The in- He's not like in mortal peril. He's in psychological peril. I think he's just trying to write a book. I think he's just I trying to I don't think write- he's really in peril. I I think uh, unless I, his well his, no I think but there's there are definitely struggles yeah he is struggling there it's are not, definitely struggles it's it's like low it's low grade peril but it's constant it's not someone punching you in the face it's someone flicking your ear for ten minutes yeah but he's in a little apartment in Rome writing a book hello or in Paris or in Paris we no think. I think he's really in he's Rome. probably in he's Rome. in Rome writing about being in Paris yeah yeah see. And he's obviously yeah. been to Paris because he knows enough about it to write about it. Yeah. And so I can't feel sorry for him one bit. You don't have to feel sorry for someone to know if they're in trouble or not. He's not in trouble at all. He's just he's writing a book. It's his job. He's bad. He, yeah. Okay, so then so stress, I'm going to say okay, I'm in okay. peril when I'm cleaning the kitchen. So stress is not peril, I think is what I'm hearing her okay. say. Okay, okay, okay. That's the diff- there are different now, things apparently. What if you... Now, we've talked about... How he handles peril being a factor in the scale. It's not, what about, it's not even hold in peril. I, what if he? What about how he handles the not peril? Because if stress is not peril, he is stressed. This into, I was. Guess he, what? He is very then stressed. that's a whole different podcast. Okay, fine. Tune in next week for the Liam Neeson <laughs> stress index. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I don't think he's in peril at all. Like, is this the? Is this the mythical zero? This is not a zero. I can't give it a zero. Sorry. <laughs> okay, why not? Because he's too wrapped up in his emotions and, and the that's, stressful life. That's I think stress, that's it's not peril. Yeah. Peril is mortal danger. What do you consider danger. peril? Mortal, mortal danger. danger. We, mm-hmm. we, gave, we gave him peril for having to listen to his kid practice drums in Love Actually. Yeah, really, I was thinking, <laughs> wait a minute, this is new standards today. <laughs> We're going to go for new standards. Of for peril. those of you not watching the video version of this podcast that we aren't putting out, Mom's making faces. <laughs> Are you looking up the definition of peril? I am looking up the definition of peril. His I can't family we was in done peril. This yet. Danger, jeopardy, risk, hazard, insecurity, uncertainty. These are synonyms. Oh, you're looking Menace, up on the Urban Dictionary. Threat, perilousness. All right, all you right. can't use perilousness it's, to describe the peril. definition as a noun is serious and immediate danger. So I, don't think I think you're right. The he dangers or difficulties danger. that arise from a particular situation or activity. He was not really in danger or difficulties. Oh, what he was having a hard time with a BM. Yeah, he was having a hard time with his book, which starts with B. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of okay. an M word to follow okay, up Okay, so with. you're going to say that the next day you go to work, you are in peril? Usually, yes. Because you're having <laughs> difficulty at work? Yes. <laughs> it's very perilous. Okay, I, I, I'm afraid I have to agree with you. Stress is not peril. Okay. Oh, 
Mom for the win. Okay. <laughs> One for you. Tune in next week when Mom will be replaced on the podcast with someone that agrees with me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, that's going to yes, be sir, Nathan. Yes, sir, Mr. President. Oh, no, you will agree with me. That's going to be Nathan. You'll be here, and then they'll kick me off the podcast for sure. <laughs> no, he'll just participate. He'll be our guest host. We're definitely we're definitely watching Taken when Nathan's here. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to get that one out of the way. That would yeah, be we so gotta fun. Do that. Okay, so... Might have to double up and watch Taken 2 as well. I mean, it's a day off. We can do it. We can Might see. have to watch Taken 2, too. We could do all three. There's three. No, Stop. Oh, my gosh. Mom will explode. There's not enough wine in the cupboard. Buy some wine We'll first. go make you some Kahlua. It's fine. Okay. What, what were we doing again? We were, we were trying to we, I was trying to tell you that it's not a zero, and you were trying to tell me that I'm wrong. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I would acquiesce to a point five. I mean, what is the what is the theoretical zero? A movie where nothing is there's, there's no, no danger. There's no danger at all. I don't think that he was really in danger. His character was not in danger. No. Nobody ever pointed a gun at him. Okay, syphilis. His characters were in his danger. His characters were in danger. No. They had so, their guns. See if if no, you no, no, look no. at him, if you look at the fact that he was writing about himself, the characters he was writing were, were in him. peril. But guess what? And were in peril. But we never that mean thought he's that until maybe the very last second. Well, that's because we're just slow. You are. Hey, I'm <laughs> right here. Oh, oh, yeah, you too. <laughs> See, this is our argument to bump it up to a point five Because <laughs> I think the mythical zero, nothing bad ever happens ever. That would... And he floats on clouds of butterflies and eats marshmallows. Well, right, but see, you don't Definitely know. Definitely doesn't exist. You don't truly know how many of those characters were were fictional characters in his mind and how many of them were real people. But that wasn't the Liam Neeson character. But those weren't the Liam Neeson Those were Neeson his, the Liam Neeson character's characters. Like, like the guy who was getting the... The guy who was you know, getting... The, you know, I'm writing the one who's writing the spreadsheet, right? I could just mark it a point five and do whatever I want. Yeah, you could. Okay, but I'm then done. then we'll listen. <laughs> what do you say? What, what do you say? I'm done. You're just done? She's, she's quitting. <laughs> she was going to give you the point five. We better just leave okay, it at we're that. we're going to take the point five. We're going to take do a victory lap. For mom. Yay! Yeah. Okay. I didn't think we were doing point fives, but we better do a point five. We already did a two point five. I, I agree with you. I don't think we can give it a zero, but it's awfully close. I don't think a zero is going to exist. Yeah. It really probably shouldn't exist, or why are we watching the movie? We yeah. might as well be looking at vanilla pudding set up in the refrigerator. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'd rather I, watch paint dry. We haven't we haven't done, done the that. we haven't done the podcast on that first movie we watched yet. That one also wasn't going to be. That one was also he got crucified in that one. Oh, <laughs> that was some okay. significant peril. It was some spoiler significant alert. Peril on that. Okay. Okay, that's enough of this now. <laughs> Tune in next week when we do this again. Bye.